0: Good morning, everyone. Any other uh, Edgewood Mustangs in the house? I know there's a few over here. All right. got to give a shout-out to my Mustangs last night. As some of you know, I've been privileged to be a, a help coach uh, there for the last four years, and they, uh, we won the sectional last night, so that's exciting. Uh, so, yay, Mustangs. Yeah, there we go. Hey, we'll start this morning with a question, All right. And, and this is okay for you to answer, all right? And some of you on the front row, because I know you'll know this, because that's because front row people know this kind of stuff, right? What was, the, what was the last thing that Jesus said to his followers before he uh, ascended back into heaven? What was it? I'll be back. Uh, okay. <laughs> exactly. Who knew that Arnold was stealing from him when he said it? Yes, I'll be back. And in the meantime, you should do what? Okay? He certainly said that previously. All right? Front row people, you're really letting me down right now. I'm just telling you right now. All right? The last thing that Jesus... And when I tell you, you're going to go, Oh, yeah, I know. The last thing that Jesus said to his followers before he went back into heaven was to go into all the world, make disciples. make disciples. In other words, tell everybody about me. All right? Now that you know about me, you've seen me resurrected from... You saw me die. You saw me rise again. Now tell everybody about it. Now, does anybody remember that kind of now? All right? All right, good. All right, so if you've been around church, you're probably familiar with that, right? Know, basically, that, you know, we're supposed to um, tell other people about Jesus. In fact, the statistics are overwhelming that the vast majority of people that ever come to know Jesus is because someone they knew told them about it. If you are here this morning because someone at some point in your life told you something about Jesus, would you stand up? Now, take a look around. Alright, that's everybody. Alright, have a seat. Alright. Now, if you've been in church more than about twice, you probably know somewhere back in the recesses of your brain that we're supposed to tell other people about Jesus. How many have kind of heard that somewhere before? Alright. How many have felt guilty because you didn't do a very good job of it? Alright. This morning is not one of those feel guilty kind of uh, talks. Alright. So, I'm not, uh, we're not going to talk about, uh, hopefully, nothing that we talk about will make you feel guilty. Because we all know that we're supposed to do it, right? It's like diet and exercise and going to the dentist, right? We know we're supposed to do that stuff, all right? We know we'd be better off if we did. We know our life would probably be better if we did. But for some reason, lots of different reasons, um, we don't um, do it this morning. So uh, rather than make us feel guilty, this morning what I want us to do is hopefully be encouraged just as a reminder of what that good news is, what our message is as Christian people, all right? So, if you've been a Christian for a thousand years, all right, that ought to catch uh, even the oldest of us here, All right, this will be a good reminder for us, all right? and if you're just kind of checking things out, couldn't have picked a better day to come, because we're going to talk about what exactly is the message of Christianity, and who knows, you might realize that this is more relevant to your life than you ever thought it possibly um, could be. Um, now, there's lots of reasons that people don't tell people about Jesus. I mean, first of all, like just in the culture, how is Christianity perceived? Good or bad? All right? You read the newspaper, watch on television. It's not very good. Right? It's not portrayed very good. What Christians are portrayed as? What? A bunch of you know, racist, bigoted, homophobic, judgmental, intolerant. Did I miss anything? I mean, there's just right. It's just all. That's what people that don't know much about Christianity. That's what is kind of out there in the culture, and really, um, hopefully, nothing, well, nothing could be further from the truth. Now, obviously, there's individual instances where some of all those things are probably true of some people, some of the time, but it's not true of Christianity as a whole, and it's certainly not true of the message that we're supposed to have, because here's the deal. Um, If we step back and take kind of a 30,000-foot view of Christianity, all right, Christians, we as Christians, have an extraordinary message. And go ahead and put that slide up. It's, this is the bottom line is what we're going to come back to. We're going to start with it. We're going to go in the middle and at the end. As Christians, we have an extraordinary message that has the potential to make a practical difference in this life and an eternal difference in the next life for everybody you know. We have a message that matters. right? We have a message that has the potential to make a practical difference in this life right now today, and an eternal difference in the next life, in eternity. Okay, we have a message that matters. And I think it matters to everybody. It's relevant to everybody, not just people who are in church today, not just people who would say they're followers of Jesus. I think it is potentially relevant to every single person that you know, and that I know, and that you'll ever meet at all. And here's why. Whenever you meet people, guess what? We're all the same. People our people. We've all got the same issues. We've all got the same hopes and dreams, and we have family things and work things. And People are people, all right? We've all got the same issues. And in fact, the Christian message addresses the three main issues that you have and that I have and that everybody you know has, all right? I'm going to tell you what those are, but you already know them, okay? The three main issues, you might not put them in these terms, but the three main issues that we all, as people, human beings, have are these. sin, sorrow, and death. All right? Again, people might not put them in those terms, but we all have an issue with sin. Now, people might not use that word, right? We might say we have issues, all right? We've got bad decisions that we've made. We've got past mistakes. Anybody out there with issues besides me? All right? Anybody got issues, past mistakes, failures? Things, some, anybody? Only four of us. All right, good. All right? For, so four of us, we have issues, all right? People have issues. We've all got them, all right? Sorrow, right? Anybody have guilt because of some of those issues? Anybody got stuff from the past that you're kind of carrying with you? Anybody got regrets, sorrows, things that you just baggage that you're carrying with you? Anybody out there besides me? All right? It's hum- if that's the human condition. We all have sorrow reg- because of all the stuff in our life. And then, I'm um, death. Last I checked, the mortality rate was still what? 100%, all right? Universal condition of humankind, okay? Sin, sorrow, and death, okay? The incredible thing is, and the great thing is, as Christians, we have a message that are the primary points of Christianity directly um, go uh, toward and specifically address those three issues, Right, And the main ones, that, and there you could be others, but they all kind of fit into these three categories of the uh, message of Christianity is simply this. It's the law of God, the forgiveness of God, and the resurrection of Jesus. All right? The law of God addresses sin. It's, in fact, God gave it to us to protect us from sin. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. The forgiveness of God was given to us to help us to navigate the sorrow and the guilt and the pain of past things. All right? We'll talk about that. And then the resurrection of Jesus addresses once and for all that whole issue of death that everybody has to deal with. So we have a, a message that matters. can make a practical difference in this life And an eternal difference in the next life for everybody. For you, for me, for everybody you know. All right? That's the good news of Christianity. That's the news that Jesus said before he went back to heaven. Tell people about this because it's good news. Okay? Um, Now, the first part of the message of uh, Christianity is the law of God. And that's good news. And some of you think, the law of God? Now, why are you putting that in the plus column? Because really, that's why I quit going to church in the first place. All right? All the rules and the do's and the don'ts and... And while sometimes the church has kind of presented the law of God in a bad way, kind of a beat you over the head with a bible kind of a way, the reality is the law of God is a positive thing. But let me just ask you this question. When I first said that, the law of God, how many of you, what was your first reaction? Was it positive or negative? Okay. Liars. All right. Uh, (laughs) Most of us... Most people, and you think the law of God, they think of it as a negative, right? When I think of that, how many people thought Ten Commandments? Do's and don'ts. Can and cans. All right? That's usually what we think of when we think of the law of God. And people outside the church might have a very negative connotation about the law of God, thinking, oh, it's just to keep me from having fun, or it's all the stuff I can't do, all the stuff that I used to get in trouble for doing, all the things I want to do but can't, all that kind of stuff. Now take a listen to how David, King David, David and Goliath, maybe you've heard of him, right? Here's how he explained the law of God. It's in Psalm chapter 19. Take a look at this. It's going to be on the screen. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the to the eyes by them your servant is warned in keeping them there is great reward now keep that slide up there for a little bit check that out the law of God is refreshing for the soul it makes you wise it gives you joy it gives light to your eyes helps you see things clearly it warns you protects you from danger and if you follow there's great reward how many want some of that how many want joy and refreshment and warning against danger and great reward? That all sounds pretty pretty good. That's how the Bible describes the law of God. Here's how uh, James, Jesus' brother, went on to write a book in the New Testament. Here's what he said about the law of God. In James one twenty-five, he said, But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom... And continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. James, the brother of Jesus, said the law of God brings freedom. Now how counterintuitive is that? Most people say the law of God keeps me pinned in, keeps me from doing the things I want to do. James says, no, no, you're looking at it wrong. The law of God brings freedom. The law of God brings freedom. It brings all those benefits that David talked about. It brings joy, and it brings uh, refreshment. It brings clear vision. Right? That the law of God brings freedom. God's laws actually are a gift given to us because God cares about us. Now, if you are a parent, why do you make rules for your kids? To protect them, to protect them right? To keep them out of your hair. Yes, all right, that's given. But to protect them right? Because you want what's best for them. And so you give them rules and regulations and guidelines and say, stay here. Why? Because you want their life to be terrible? No, because you want their life to be the very best it could possibly be. And because you're older and wiser and you've made those mistakes and you try to keep them this way. Well, in a much grander scale, that's exactly what God does. He loves us much more than we love our own kids. And he wants to protect us and he wants to keep us from pain and suffering and sorrow. And so he's given us his law to protect us from sin. What's the big thing that's been in the news the last couple of weeks? Big school shooting right down in Florida. And we could get into discussion. We're not going to. We could talk, you know, all about gun control. And that's what everybody's talking about and guns and this and that. But the reality is, it has very little to do with all the stuff that people are talking about. The reality is, it has to do with years and years of a culture being decoupled, being separated from the law of God. I I believe that 100% to be true. The things that are going wrong in our our culture, and you can name a long list of them, that's just at the top on the headlines today. It's because our culture as a whole has ignored the law of God. The, The Protection devices that God put in because He loved us so much and He wants to keep us from all that bad stuff. He said, here, live this way and it'll help. And we've disregarded that and said, no God, you don't know what you're talking about. And so we reap the rewards, the penalties of disobeying the guidelines that were there to protect us. I came across uh, just this week um, a speech, or not really a speech, but an answer to a question that Matt Bevan, the governor of Kentucky, I, I liked it on my Facebook page. I recommend it. It's a four minutes worth watching. You can find it on my Facebook page. He answered a question about the school shooting, and he just exactly said, in a way you've never heard a politician talk if you've never heard him speak, about what is wrong in our, our culture. It has to do with us taking ourselves away from the law of God as a, as a culture. God's law was given it to us for the purpose of protecting something that's valuable, protecting something that he loves dearly, and that's you and me and our lives. See, the reality is if we live our lives by the owner's manual, things go more smoothly, right? If you operate your car by the owner's manual, it goes more smoothly. It'll last longer and have less trouble. It's the same thing in our life. Let me give you a few examples this morning. Could give many, many, many examples, but you all have lunch to go to and we got, we got other stuff going on. But just a couple of examples this morning. Imagine if for the past 25 years, just the past 25 years, everybody in the United States followed what God's law said about finances. If individuals did it, if families did it, if government officials did that, just in the last 25 years, if everybody followed that one law, forget all the other laws, if that the one rule about God, what He says about finances—about spending and about saving and about contentment—can you imagine the difference that would our culture would be, that our world would be in right now if we just followed that one rule? Would li- people's lives be better? Yeah, would there be more freedom—freedom freedom from debt? freedom from marital issues that come because of money troubles, more margin in our life, able to give more freely. Would there be less poverty? Because people that had stuff, we wouldn't be so strapped because we could... Ha- Just imagine what would happen if we only followed that one rule. Friends, God's rules, God's laws are there to protect us because He loves us and He wants things to go well for us. If, if only we followed that one law. God's law brings freedom. Freedom. It would allow us to sit across from that lender and say, you know, no, nope, that's not a good deal for me. I, I, I may have to rent a while longer, but I'm not going to get upside down in a loan for that house or that car, All right? God's law, God's wisdom would allow us to run from rent to owns like the plague and know that RTO stands for run the other way, alright? It's not good, okay? We would know stuff like that if we just followed God's basic rules about finances. Or, forget all that, what if we as a culture just followed God's basic laws about sex, sexuality, and gender? I mean, is there confusion there in our culture today? Is there confusion there in our church today? Oh my goodness. But if we just followed that one rule, God's rules are simple, alright? There's men and there's women, and, and marriage is for, and, and sex is for a man and a woman who are married together. It's not hard, all right? It's not hard to understand. You say, nobody does that. That's old fashioned. Well, it might be old fashioned, but what, what if everybody lived that way? Would people's lives be better? Would there be less guilt? Would there be less shame? Would there be less broken marriages? Would there be less heartache? Would there be less all kinds of different bad things we could go down the list. Would there be? You say, nobody would do that. Well, maybe not, but you could, and I could, and we could, and what if God's church led the way and said, you know, we're just going to be the example of what God said about sexuality and sex, and we could show people a different way. What if we just listened to God's law just in that one area? I mean, you know, culture says we have sex with anybody whenever we want. quote Dr. Phil, I mean, how's that working out for us? Right? It, it, not too good. Look around. I mean, we're, it's, it's a train wreck out there. Some of our lives are train wrecks because we disregarded what God's rules, again, not to hem us in, but to give us freedom in our lives, say, about that situation. Okay? Forget all that. What about if we just, for one year, everybody in the United States focused on God's rules for relationships? How would things be different? What is God's rules for relationships? Somebody asked him, Jesus, what's the uh, number one commandment? You know what he said? I'm not going to ask the front row people anymore. You've already disappointed me. All right? You've let me down. All right? What did he say? He said, I'll tell you what the number one rule is love God with all you've got. And then he gave him a little extra. He said, The second one's just like it love your neighbor as yourself. We call it the golden rule treat other people the way you want to be treated. Is that hard? I mean, it may be hard to do, but is it hard to, to understand? No. Everybody knows that, the golden rule. But what happens if we would live that way for a year? What happens if marriages would be that way? If husbands would treat wives the way they want to be treated and wives would treat husbands? How would that transform marriages? What if families would do that? Brothers would treat sisters and sisters would treat brothers. What would happen in our schools if teachers and students just treated each other the way they would like to be treated? What would happen in our employment places if employees and employers just treated people the way they wanted to be treated? The way... They would want other people to treat them. Can you imagine? I mean, God's laws are freeing. They are to make our lives better. And so that's a great big part of God's plan and a part of the Christian message is we've got this law of God that protects us from sin and it keeps us from the bad stuff that we think is good but it's going to eventually harm us. What if we all just focused on those kinds of things? See, the reality is church... Christian people, we have a life-changing message for other people. It has the potential to make a practical difference in this life today, tomorrow, and the next day, and an eternal difference in the next life. So we talk about the law of God. But the second thing we talk about is the forgiveness of God. Because none of us are any good at the first part, we really need the second part of that message, the forgiveness of God. The forgiveness of God is helps us to navigate the guilt and the shame and the pain and everything that comes from our past sorrow that we bring with us. I mean, do you know anybody that's saddled with guilt? I bet you know them because it's you, all right? A lot of us just have guilt and stuff in in the back of our mind that we just can't get rid of because we know that we're far from God and we know what we've done. And we might be able to hide it from everybody else, but we know, and I know, and you know, and you know people, even if it's not you, you know people that are saddled with guilt and they know that they're far from God. I've got a friend of mine that just, he always says to me, he says, oh, I'll go to hell for this. I'll go to hell for that. Because we all know, we realize what how far we are from God. But a central tenet of the Christian message is the forgiveness of God. In Acts chapter 10, verse 43, the, this was the message of the disciples after they, this is what they told the people. When Jesus said, tell everybody, this is what they told him. He said, all the prophets testify about Him, that's Jesus, that everyone who believes in Him receives forgiveness of sins through His name. That's the Christian message, a big part of it. That, yeah, all that junk we've got in all of our lives, remember the sin and sorrow and death, all of us have that sin, issues, problems, whatever you want to call it. The Christian message says Jesus came and His death forgives all of that. God will forgive us. We can have a right standing with God. That is great news. That is relevant to everybody because we've all got stuff that we've done that separates us from God. That can make an eternal difference in our life, right? Because sin separates us from God for eternity. But the forgiveness of God brings us back into a right standing with God, allows us to be in heaven for eternity. That can make an eternal difference difference in our life. Acts 13, 38. And again, Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. That's our message. It can make an eternal difference in the next life. But the message of forgiveness can also make a practical difference in this life. Alright? Do you know anybody um, whose past has set them up for failure in the future? Alright? Maybe you see that person in, your, in the mirror every morning when you look. Right. A lot of people, because of things that have happened to them, maybe it's things recently, maybe it's things back a long time ago, they're carrying these grudges and this sorrow and this pain because of what other people have done to them. They're not able to separate themselves from it. And it's going to set them, and it is sending them, and it is sending us on a future that we don't want because we can't separate ourselves from the past of what other people have done. The forgiveness of God is the key to... Separating ourselves from our harmful past so that we can have a different kind of a future. And here's why. Because when we've experienced the forgiveness of God in our own life, when we understand how much God has forgiven each one of us, when I understand how much God has forgiven me, then it makes it possible, not easy, but possible for me to then forgive the people that have hurt me. I don't stand up here as somebody that's good at this. I'm struggling with this right now. I'll just tell you right now, there are some people that have hurt me deeply recently that I am struggling with trying to forgive. But I know, I know the reality is that my life can't go to where God wants it to be in the future unless I am able to say God has forgiven me and so I'm going to forgive them. That's hard. It's unintuitive because it seems like it's letting them off the hook. But God says, no, that's the freedom. That gives you freedom. It would give me freedom if we would do that. Some of you, like me, have, there are people in your life that have hurt you. Maybe it was a long time ago. Maybe it was recently. That you need to forgive. Even, and this is the hard part, if they don't ask for it. Even if they don't admit that they've ever done anything wrong. That's when it's hard, isn't it? I mean, when somebody comes to you and they, they're sorrowful and they say, oh, please forgive me. We're so sorry. That's one thing. That's easier but when, they, when the other person, when the person that's harmed you never even acknowledges that they've done anything wrong, that's when it's hard. But God's solution is exactly the same either way. Freedom comes. What God wants for us, freedom comes when we say, God has forgiven me, I will forgive you. That's the powerful message that God has, and that's an incredible message. And the reality is that you know people that need to know that message Maybe that person is you. Maybe that person is your spouse. Maybe that person is a child or a parent or someone you know that things are just holding them back. It's a life-giving message that we have. But yes, it can make an eternal difference in the next life. That can make a practical difference in this one if we would just follow those things. Why? Ephesians chapter 4.32, uh, Paul says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. We don't forgive them because they deserve it. We forgive them because God forgave us. Key difference, key difference. That's a message that's worth sharing. It's worth taking a risk to tell somebody because that can change someone's life, it can change your life, it can change mine. A third part of our message, as we finish up this morning, that's relevant to everyone, is the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus. Now, the truth is that probably every single one of us in this room, probably every single person that you know, sometime in the next 12 months is going to find themselves either driving to a funeral home. Right? I was there yesterday morning. I was driving to a funeral home. had an aunt that died. You'll find yourself in a long line of people, maybe driving to a cemetery, and you'll begin to think about things. Right? And everybody you know has this experience. This is a universal human experience because everybody suffers and faces death. And we'll have anxieties and we'll wonder, well, what happens after death? And will I see my kids again? And is there anything beyond? And just all kinds of questions and anxieties. You know, uh, like uh, Woody Allen, you know, he said, I'm not scared to death. I just don't want to be there when it happens, right? <laughs> that's how kind of most of us are. It's like, yeah, and we have anxieties about what that's going to be about. The message of Christianity, of the resurrection of Jesus, answers that kind of once and for all that says, Death doesn't have to be final. Our message is that 2,000 years ago, some women went to a tomb to uh, bring flowers and stuff to a a, a dead guy. But when they got to the tomb, the dead guy wasn't dead anymore and he wasn't in there anymore. And they went back and they told this crazy story because that is crazy because dead people stay dead and they weren't uh, backward superstitious people. They knew that. But the women told this story and they didn't believe him. But then they all saw him. It's like he really was alive and it changed their message and it changed their life because now they saw that death is not the end. Jesus said it this way, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Paul added this in case we uh, didn't get it. We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead, that's God, will also raise us. See, that's the Christian message, the importance of the resurrection of Jesus. Because all of us are going to face death. Everybody we know is going to face death. But the reality of the Christian message is because Jesus rose from the dead, if we are in Him, Christ, God, will also raise us from the dead. Make an eternal difference. That's news that can make an eternal difference in the life of you and me and everybody you know. But it can also make a practical difference today and tomorrow. How's that? How many people live in fear of dread? De- fear and dread of death. Lots of people. A few weeks ago, we talked about fear, and death is way up there on the list. Everybody is thinking about that. Everybody, at some point or another, is going to think about their own mortality, and they're going to have questions and concerns and fears and anxieties. And we have an incredible message that says, Hey, Jesus beat death. And so now we can too we don't have to live in fear we can live in hope we can live in hope what an incredible message for people to have the reality is friends it's our bottom line we started with it kind of hit it all the way through hit it at the end here we as christians jesus told us to tell everybody and we think well you know people then they want to hear it's a great message we have a message about the law of god and about the forgiveness of God. And about the resurrection of Jesus that helps us live a good life. The law of God to protect us from all the stuff that hurts us. And that causes us pain. And the forgiveness of God because we all have messed up and need to separate ourselves from that past. The resurrection of Jesus because we're all going to face death. We have a message that has the potential to make an eternal difference in everybody's life. And a practical difference in our life today. Friends, that is a message that matters. A lot of people out, you know, skeptics out, there's lots of them. It's easy to be a skeptic, right? Skeptics will say, Oh, what's the big what does it even matter? Maybe you even thought that. It's like, what what difference does it make? You know, yeah, I believe it, and I guess it's doing me some good, and I go to church and I like it, and all right. But what difference would it really make for my coworker? His life seems to be going okay. I mean, he you know, he's not asking me any questions. Friends, our Message matters. has the potential to make an eternal difference for everybody you know and a practical difference for everybody you know. What difference would it make? Well, there'd be a lot less sin. In other words, a lot less activity that would cause people pain. People would have better lives. There'd be a lot less marital issues. There'd be a lot less parent-child issues. There'd be a lot less school shootings. There would be less debt. There would be less... You fill in the blank, right? There will be more good stuff and less bad stuff in the world. You, We have a message that matters. It's a life-giving, joy-giving, freedom-producing message. That's the Christian message. Practical difference for everybody. Eternal difference for everybody. That's what Jesus said to tell others about. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the incredible message, the incredible gift of your law that protects us from all the stupid decisions that we would make and we do make and have made. God, even more, I thank you for the forgiveness that you offer through Jesus because I am, just like everybody else, have done so many wrong things. Thank you for that forgiveness through Jesus' blood. And God, most of all, thank you for the resurrection that helps me be able to not live in fear of death, but in hope that I can live forever with you. God, I just pray for everyone that can hear my voice this morning, whether they're in this room, whether they're listening right now, or they are listen later online. God, that that those truths would just sink down deep in our heart. And if we were ever wondering... What difference does it make that we would know for sure that our message, that your message, matters? Thank you for Jesus. In His name we pray. Amen.